Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steve on my talk, 1071, everything entertainment. A little bit of music news to share with you. It's time to talk music. I enjoy music. With Donna Valentine. And Steve Patterson. You like Huey Lewis on the news? This This is the beat. beat. You guys like Earth, Wind, and Fire? Love. Love. So good, right? Mm-hmm. They've had a million members. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's had so... like 75 members over the years. Is that right? Yeah. They, wow. Are they just like switching them out or adding? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, they shared a socially distanced rendition of their 1974 track, Devotion, as part of um, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert's uh, Play at Home series. Mm. And... I mean, you can't even tell. This is flawless to me. Here's a little bit of that performance. Yeah. That's awesome. They are so good. They are great. I'll link this up for everybody at mytalk1071.com on the uh, show page. All agree that our our corporate favorite Earth, Wind & Fire song is uh, September? Yes. Oh, yes. So good. So good. Oh, my God. Give us a little of that, Steve. Oh. That's great. We thinking of the same one? Yeah, yes, that's it. Yes. Because yeah. you know if I would have sung it, it would have sounded like someone else's song. Oh, uh, yeah. You haven't gotten the melody right in a couple weeks like on anything. Like a Skinner song. Yeah. <laughs> she likes to take the lyrics of one song and put a different melody to it. We're like, that's and it's kind actually, of fun. Yeah, it is Not a lot of, of people do that. Shot through the heart. And is that the, that's the right one? Yeah, that's it. You oh, did it. Yeah. I think I did a Springsteen song last time or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I, have a, I have a version for you to hear. <laughs> Are yeah. you ready for this? Uh-huh. I'm going to give it now. Okay. Oh, whoa. All right. You know what? Forget it. I'm just playing it right here. All right. This is Danny Goki, former oh, American Idol contestant. But it's him. actually a really good performance. Here we go. It's pretty wow. close. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. very good. Another great uh, uh, tribute to Earth, Wind, and Fire was years ago, David Foster did a, it was like called David Foster and Friends. I believe it was in uh, Las Vegas, and he had he had Brian McKnight come out and do is uh, after the love was gone. Mm. Oh, such a good song! Oh, guys, I won't play it for you now. Just do yourself a favor, search Brian McKnight, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. It is 
unbelievable. It is so good it, because he can, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire, they could really take it upstairs. And Brian McKnight was able to match what they could do. It was really great. Awesome. Will do, Steve. Will Thanks, do. buddy. Yeah, they just sounded so good. I just can't believe that was live. How many? How so? Was that like a split screen situation on? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Had how the, many splits were there? Four. Uh, there were four, but they kept they kept scrolling through. Oh, so, so they had several. It looks like one, two. See, see how it's. Uh, well, if you're looking at the video now, it's like scrolling around to six total. I think one, two, three, four. Um, there's a lot of them. Oh yeah, there's more than that because they keep panning back okay, to drummers. That's why I mean, it's like a million. So it's like a million people. Oh, okay. Rounding right, up. Just rounding up. This is really interesting radio <laughs> as I count the screens. Well, wait. Sorry, I'm going to... Now, I, to keep the interesting radio going, I'm going to do exactly what I told you guys I would not do because uh-huh. you have to hear it, okay? Are you ready? Yeah. Brian McKnight, a little bit after the love has gone. Okay. He's not trying too hard. Right? Well, give it time. But... <laughs> But at the end of the song, he goes not like upstairs. He goes on the roof with his falsetto. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I saw Brian McKnight in concert. Unbelievable! I did too. I saw him at oh what used to be Glam Slam. I think it was Glam Slam when I saw him there. I think Mariah Carey may have been there as well. Don't don't those two have a song together, Brian McKnight and Mariah Carey? <sighs> I don't know. Sorry, yeah. no follow-up they do, We're done. They do. It's called Whenever You Call, and it was the song that Lou and I danced to oh, at our oh, wedding. there it is. It is so beautiful. It is just so fantastic. I love Brian McKnight. Mariah Carey sounds fantastic in the song. <sighs> Man. Are you going to be okay? I just keep turning down my mic and playing the Brian McKnight song, thinking, <laughs> should I give them the falsetto or not? I just don't know if you guys are ready for it. Um. I'll take it. Go yeah, ahead. Go please. Ahead. We please, got come we, on. Yeah, and then we're going to take it. I thought you were going to sing it. Yeah. I have been told so many times. Oh, he's like going him. up. Come on. All right, Steve. I have actually been told that I <laughs> so sound bad. a lot like Brian McKnight. Yeah, you do. Been meaning to tell you that. <sighs> Sorry, I didn't mean to be rude. <laughs> we're going to uh we're going to go. Okay. Oh, we're going to come cool. back though. Um, when we you do don't sound back, excited about it, Donna. No, because I like <laughs> being here. Traffic? I really like being here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not <laughs> excited about leaving and coming back. Uh, well, how about this? Uh, after the break, Don stumbled on a little something. For any Percy Jackson book fans, <laughs> uh, their author speaking out about the movies, which then spun me into a, what's the best movie adaptation of a book ever, of all time? Oh. Who's done it the best? And you know what this list reveals? There's a whole bunch of movies that are based on books that you didn't know were based on books. Oh. We'll dig into it next on Don and Steve on My Talk. Hey, good morning. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Want to give you guys a heads up that we are going to be carrying the ABC coverage of the George Floyd funeral in Houston this morning at 11 o'clock. So if you uh, want to listen, we encourage you to do so. In the meantime, uh, we got uh, some uh, book news for you. (laughs) You know what? Can I start the segment, Don? I mean, not that your energy was low or the words you chose didn't make it sound great. 
Mm. But <laughs> we got some. You know what I'm gonna do? This the same. Well, we got some book <laughs> news. <laughs> I got here really late today. You're I'm doing not, great. I'm not, I'm not You're doing great. A hundred percent yet. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay, now Dawn stumbled on something uh, for any Percy Jackson fans out there, which was a big book series, which then spun into its own movie franchise. Uh, the author making some uh, surprising comments. Yeah, he did. Um, so there were a couple of movies out there. Um, and somebody tweeted him and they said they asked him a question about something that happened in Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the lightning thief, mm-hmm. because it had been censored for streaming. And he um, they censored out a scene and he said they should censor the entire thing. Just oh. two hours of blank screen. No. Oh, whoa. Yeah, he says, to you guys, it's a couple hours of entertainment. To me, it's my life's work going through a meat grinder when I pleaded with them not to do it. So, yeah. But it's fine, all fine. We're going to fix it soon, he explained. And then he alluded to in uh, Disney Plus series that he's executive producing about retelling the story the way he wants to tell it. See, I never saw any of the, I I never read any of the books, nor did I watch any of the movies. I know that it came after Harry Potter um, wrapped up, and it was kind of like the, you know, when you're finished binging a show and you're like, I need something else in the same genre. If you were a Harry Potter fan, you might shift into Percy Jackson. Yeah, I loved the movies. I thought they were great. Um, he admits that he hasn't seen the movies. Okay. He doesn't no. plan on ever doing so. No, nope, But you listen, can't. now hold on. As mm. a writer, he says, I judge them for having read the scripts because I care most about the story. They butchered the story, he says. How does he know? He, I sir, because he read the scripts. Oh, the, the screenplay, the movie, okay, the yeah. screenplays, and he's she like, "This is though. not." No, I'm listening. <laughs> this is not what I planned. Please don't do this. And he says, "They certainly have nothing against the very talented actors. Not their fault. I'm just sorry they got dragged into that mess." <sighs> I think you just. I think I. I hear where he's coming from, and I understand reading the script. But I think before you blast it like that. You might want to just carve out a couple hours and at least watch one of the movies mm. and just say, like, how does this look? Because sometimes, you know, sometimes there are things implied that are happening that, you know, you don't see in the same way that you would just in a screenplay. Yeah. I think, you know, there there could be some maybe some emotional gravitas that isn't seen just by looking at the printed page. Especially if it's an adapted I version. Think of I can it. feel for him. I can too. I think they left out major characters and a part of the plot that he didn't agree with. It would just sort mm. of whittle down into something that wasn't his original work. Yeah, well, I think that would be hard for an his author life's work. to he, see them yeah. change things so much. That's why it's so important not to agree to a deal and, and take that money payout if you're yeah. feeling like they might. Because they do Dude, they always have to change it. it. They, have to, they have to shorten it and adapt it for the big screen though yeah they they don't have a choice yeah see unless um, you get martin scorsese to direct it then i'll be like we'll keep it all we'll keep everything we (laughs) will not edit this pages yes it's all here well then i i was thinking okay so what are because that's the common complaint right the the movie's just not as good as the book Mm -hmm. um i i view them sort of separately 
So when I, when I read The Hunger Games and then watched the movie shortly thereafter, I viewed them as separate things, but, the, I, but I'm the audience. I'm not the author. So I understand mm-hmm. that you would have See, more skin in the game it. if you're I the author. I thought they, the Hunger Games was just so cartoon-like. And in my mind, this was like real life, like oh, reality. Okay. I, th- I find it interesting that you say cartoon-like because those movies are pretty, like, dark. They, they're, like, they're not like Disney-fied. Like, they're... Like, just okay, that the characters just seem like so over the top. Stanley Tucci's character. Yes, I mean, yeah. in the just the way, and Elizabeth um, Banks, just they mm. they overdid her to make her look like a Disney villain. Mm-hmm. Okay. It just seemed strange to me, and I was just picturing a regular drama, you know, an action. Sure type of drama but that's always a chance that you take when you read a book and then go and see the movie well so i looked up what what, what have been the best book adaptations mm-hmm. that have turned into movies Ooh. and then i thought i didn't even know that these were movies do you care to or books before they were movies do you care to guess what tops the list as the best uh this from shortlist.com the best book to film adaptation number one i am going to say gone with the wind okay don you have a guess oh gosh I'm going to say, no. Uh, <laughs> good, no, because sorry. you probably wouldn't have guessed The Godfather. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on a book. Number yes. two. My sister had that book. Fight Club. Oh. Now, I could see, if you know what happens, the, the reveal in Fight Club, I could see that being a good book with yeah. a good twist. Sure. Uh, number three, now this is obvious, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, yeah, that's a, I just saw that recently. Uh, Gregory Peck. Yeah, you did. You're going through the classics. Gregory Peck uh, played Atticus Finch. Is there uh, the color purple on that list? That Uh, was a great movie. That was a great, yeah. Not just yet. Number four was The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. Yep. Used to be a book. Yeah. No Country for Old Men. Didn't know that was a book. A book. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest came in at number six. I read that. The Body. Mm-hmm. Which is a Stephen King. Any Stephen King movie. The yeah. Shining. Um, Carrie is a great book. But not necessarily movie. good movies. I think it was a good movie. I think Carrie was, but I don't I don't think The Shining you don't? was. No, it's not even close to... I've, Stephen King has even said that that's Stanley oh. Kubrick's version is not his version. Oh, wow. Oh, gee. How about this one? Oh, the one I guess. I'm going to tell you the book title. Okay. And then you guess what 1982 movie this turned into. Okay. And they took on a different name. Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick turned into this 1982 science fiction movie. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the, Harrison is... Ford. Oh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Oh, I never saw it. Yeah. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. The book name, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? What is that about? Uh, Blade Runner is very loosely based on Dick's cult novel. Uh, the It's a dystopian sci-fi thriller film for all ages, they say. And they don't get into the plot. I watched okay. half of it, less than half of it, maybe. I got on an 80s kick about six years ago and was like, I need to start watching 80s movies. Kind of like Donna, you are going through classic novels. Mm. And uh, and then I just didn't finish it and never came back to it. But it's sci-fi, Harrison Ford, future dystopia. Okay. Have you guys read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No. Yes. Is it good? I love it. Okay, I haven't read it. I have a, my godson has a tattoo that says something from that. Mm-hmm. What is, what does it say? Ask him. Have him take a picture, put uh, it on Twitter. Okay. There you go. By I the way, 56% of men say they don't walk around naked. Oh, okay. No. Right, right. right. Clothed it's have still... spoken. I'm going right. to take my pants off for this game, All though, right. that's coming up next. Uh, 651-641-1071, the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. Call now. You can bet on me or Donna. If you bet right, you win a prize. Game time next. Do you want to play? Yeah. Let's do it. Time, time to go to college. College, college. It's time to attend the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. It's like quiz ball. Three trivia questions to find out who's smarter. Donna. Donna's a smart one. Or Steve. His brain ain't right, but it's fun. And here's your host, Don McLean. I want to see how smart you are. Welcome to the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. Steve has a score of 50 and 39 for Donna Valentine. Oh boy, Donna, you got to keep that 10 point spread. I know. We got to close the gap. That's right. I'm hopeful for you today. Uh, We have Chris on the line with us right now. Hi, Chris. Hello. Hi, where are you calling from today? Anoka. Anoka, a population of 17,543 in 2018. And if you had to eat the same thing every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? It would be pizza. Great answer. So now, if you win today, we're going to announce the topic shortly here. You're going to win a MyTalk t-shirt. Are you guys ready to hear today's topic on the College of Pop Culture Knowledge? Yes. Oh my gosh, so much. So. Okay. The topic today is fictional schools and entertainment. Oh my God. Okay. So, oh Chris, God. it comes down to you. Who do you think knows more about fictional schools and entertainment, Donna or Steve? Oh boy. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, what about Steve? <laughs> <laughs> wow, highly encouraged by Donna through mouth noises that she wants her to pick Steve. So Donna will be exiting the room right now. All right. Okay. Yeah, let's okay. take her down. Do you understand the topic? Fictional schools in in, in pop culture and movies, TV, stuff like that. That's right? correct, yes. Yeah, I feel good about this. Great. Yeah. I'm glad you feel positive. All right, the timer will start after I ask the first question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Bayside High, Mario Lopez's character went there. Saved by the bell. Is that my answer? Okay. Question number two. Faber College, John Belushi's character went there in this movie. Okay. Uh, Animal House. Okay. 
Question three. Welton Academy, Robin Williams' character taught there. Okay. Um, Dead Poets Society. Okay. Woo. All righty. Now, yeah, do you want to yeah, change any little... answers right now, Steve? You have a chance to... I feel really good about them. Okay. We'll see if... Uh... Who is it, Cindy? Nope, Chris. Hey, Chris. <laughs> Chris, do you want to change any of Steve's answers? Um, no, I think I'll stick with them. Okay, yeah. great. Let me ask Donna to come back in. Chris, good news. We've got this one in the bag. Donna. In the bag. That'd be great. Yeah, oh, Donna. Oh, oh boy. I don't know. She's not probably feeling very positive. No, I this thought is her bad. screaming outside. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, she is back in the studio now. Once again, we are playing the College of Pop Culture Knowledge, and the topic is fictional schools and entertainment. Okay. Steve gave his answers. Are you ready? Yes. The timer will start after I ask the first question. Here we go. Bayside High. Mario Lopez's character went there. No idea. I never watched the show. Faber College. John Belushi's character went there in this movie. Um, oh God, Pledge Pin Animal House. I don't know the name of the school. Okay, you just need to know the name of the movie. Oh, Animal House. Okay, first one was Saved by the Bell. Okay, third question. Welton Academy. Robin Williams's character taught there. Um, that is po- uh, Dead Poet Society. Okay. Dang it! Oh, I thought you were looking for the name of this. I don't know what I was yeah. thinking. I'm confused. That's fine. I'm sorry. Um, I get it. Okay, yeah. so let's go over the questions. Bayside High, Mario Lopez's character went there. Steve answered Saved by the Bell. So did Donna after she considered where she was <laughs> and that she was late to work today. Okay, uh, question number two, Faber College. Uh, let's see. John Belushi's character went there. And Steve answered Animal House. Mm-hmm. And so did Donna. Oh, no, oh, this is not going to end well. Oh, boy. Okay, it's not going to end well because my clip has disappeared. Oh, Where no. is it, Nanook? Oh, now. no. Okay, well, you look on. for that because okay. on the third question, mm-hmm. uh, she, Don was asking where uh, it's the school, the Robin Williams movie where he taught at a college, famously stood on the desk, oh, ripped up wrong. the pages. No, you got it right. I Dead Poets Society. You sure did. We both Donna. got it right. Okay, Donna. I've got the clip now. I was now. thinking of the uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon oh, movie too. He was in oh, that one as well. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I don't know. No, what it's wait, wait, wait. Hang on. What's that movie called? This should be our tiebreaker. Uh, beautiful Mind. Beautiful Mind. No, not Beautiful no, Mind. Uh, that's different. Uh, it's the one they wrote together. Um, wait, okay, hang on. <laughs> this is a good question. Yep, yep. Robin Williams. Meeting Jim Jim. It's a three word thing. Um, <laughs> meeting it's, uh, Jim Jim. Not meeting right. Jim Jim. <laughs> <laughs> not meeting Jim Jim. It was something Guys. Mr. Rollins. Something like Mr. that. Mr. Come on. Looking for Mr. Bar. No, it's not Mr. Holland's <laughs> Opus. Cindy, you're in the, the nut house with us. Um, it's. Or Chris, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, Chris. Crap, wait, we have to get this before Good we move hunting. on. There you go. Goodwill hunting. Okay. <laughs> Why didn't you take meeting Mr. Jim Jim? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. Oh, okay. All right, are you now ready for your tiebreaker? Tie yes, yes, yeah. here we go. Okay, now the first person that answers first, just yell it out as okay. soon as you know, even if it's before uh, I start the clip. Okay. William McKinley High School was the setting for the TV show heard in this clip. Boy Meets World. Glee. All right, Steve. Oh. 
Great job, Darn Steve. It. You All just right. won, and that means just a small town Chris just yeah. won a T-shirt. That's why Jeff Ridgemont. Hi. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, Chris. Where's the ginger? Thanks for playing. I'm going to put you on hold and get your information in just a second, okay? Thank you. Oh, Bye, Meeting Mr. Rollins. Oh, God. <laughs> Looking for Mr. Goodbar. This is like, God, there's an episode of The Office where Ed Helms' uh, character, uh, Andy, goes, break me off a piece of that, and then he can't remember. And Jim, played by uh, 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 John Krasinski, says, nobody tell him. And then it's just him trying to do it, and he's like, football cream, applesauce. <laughs> That's what we just had with, uh, what the heck was it called again? Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Oh, Why Lord was it mother. called that? Was his name Will Hunting? Maybe. it's. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that in its entirety. Oh. And some people with reason might overrated. start to ask, has he seen any movies in their entirety? <laughs> Mr. Jim Or TV Jim. shows. Meeting Mr. Ron. Why is it called Goodwill Hunting? That is He's got to be Will next Hunting. Next search for truth. Will Hunting, yes. And he's Now, good. Beautiful Mind, which uh, Chris, don't call me Cindy, she offered that as well. That was a good movie. <laughs> I liked Patch Adams as well, now that we're going down the Robin Williams route. Awakenings so, was a good movie. Awakenings was great. Yeah, De Niro. Yeah, really good. You look, you're talking to me? Uh, yeah, no, not Whatever. that one. Uh, here's Johnny. This Let's one's, do this. This one's different. Did you hear that there was an actual treasure chest found with a million dollars inside? I didn't know that part. Ten years ago, there was an art dealer and an author, his name Forrest Fenn, and he hid a treasure chest worth one million dollars in the Rocky Mountains. Rocky Mountains. He left these vague clues on where you might find it in his autobiography. Oh, wow. That's fun. People had been looking for it for years until Forrest Fenn this weekend announced, quote, the search is over. He says someone back east, is how he describes them, who didn't want to be revealed, used the clues from a 24-line poem in Fenn's book to locate the treasure and confirm that he'd found it with a photograph. So are I, these do- are is there money actual do- money? I don't know if there's actual currency but there's there's like some gold bars in there like it's the the value is real. The 1 million dollar value oh is real. Oh my god, how cool is that? Isn't that cool? Yes. Now now some people I I believe four people had died over the span of about the last decade in search of it. They got into some really uh, tough spots in the Rocky Mountains and then um, ended up dying as a result. It was a real modern day treasure hunt with with vague clues and uh and in fact the nbc reporter whose name is Gotti schwartz uh he works for nbc news and he used to live in new mexico and now he i believe lives out in la he was reporting on the story and said that even he had spent a lot of time searching you know on hikes and things like that i guess for the hidden treasure Hmm. unable to find it and then he reported on the winner but Boy, that's pretty interesting, though. And what a thrill that would be if you found these oh my gosh. obscure you, clues look and at, you dig it up. Look at how people go crazy over the uh, the St. Medallion. Paul Medallion. Yeah. Um, I What's mean, that worth? 10000 right? I don't know, actually. I think. I don't know what, what the worth is. I don't is. even know about the St. Paul oh, Medallion. Oh, Dawn, you would Dawn. love this. It's like you geocaching, would. except for money. 
Kinda. Um, you have to find the medallion, and it's you know it could be in a park, it could be anywhere, but there are clues every day. And this is during the help me out the, the carnival. Uh, yes, the um. Oh my God! The St. Paul what Winter is Carnival. What's wrong with us? Is it the St. Paul? Is it the winter? Yeah. I thought they did it during the. Um, no, no, they do it in the winter. Oh, That's I what makes they it so did difficult. It during like the milk carton boat races and all that stuff. Okay. What, what the hell's going on here? What? I feel okay, like we're all so getting what, weirder. What is it? So, so it's a medallion, and you they give you clues, and then you go find it. Yes, and it's, it's always worth, in the newspaper, and then you have you can turn it in for real money. Yeah. Wow, Dawn, that's, that's right up your alley. That is right up your alley. You, I'm glad that you guys think it's right up my alley. You guys mm. should do this. I'm going to do it. All right, the uh, it's a it is treasure the, hunt. The Pioneer Press Treasure Hunt, a oh. St. Paul tradition since 1952, challenges readers to solve daily clues and be the first to find the medallion hidden on public uh, land in Ramsey County. That's mm. where you start, and this does in fact happen. During. In the winter. Okay. It's a ten thousand uh, dollar award, and uh, yeah, the individual who finds it must return it promptly to the Pioneer Press. Have a registered uh, St. Paul Winter Carnival button. Mm. Uh, so you know you got to. Okay, and what I was thinking of was the Aquatennial. Oh, and that's sure. Minneapolis. So. All right, glad we got to the Very bottom of neat. that. You guys um, are so inventive up here in the winter. Right? Things to have fun and do things and not feel like you're just shut in. Totally. You got to love winter. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, We're going to get tipsy when we come back. <laughs> How about this? If you feel a little stressed out, you're not alone. That's okay. May was Mental Health Awareness Month. We get it. We're all sort of feeling a little frayed mentally. We'll get, we're going to get five tips from therapists. What do they do? When they get stressed out, hmm. we'll dig into that when we get tipsy after the break on Don and Steve on My Talk. All right, we're back. Thanks for joining us on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment with Donna and Steve. Time for a tip. Everybody on the show getting tipsy. 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 Feeling stressed out a little bit? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you know? Uh, it's been a it's been a difficult past few months here, and then of course all of that accentuated these last couple of weeks following the death of George Floyd here in Minneapolis. And it is just it, it, if it feels like wow, this is a lot to mentally deal with, you are not alone. So with that, we turn to therapists, the folks who we would normally talk to in a time like this. What do you do, therapist? What do you do when you get stressed out? Well, I've got some answers. You're going to want to write these down, friends. First of all, consider the best case scenario. Hmm. We tend to focus on bad things that could happen, for sure. So just thinking about how things could work out can actually help you to calm down. Mm. Great. One thing I was thinking of with this is, you know, if you consider the best case scenario at the beginning of the quarantine, maybe instead of thinking, oh, gosh, when will this open again? Will I be healthy through this all? Keep going on the line. What will I accomplish? What can I do during quarantine? Oh, I can catch up on those movies. I'm going to be able to read those books. I'm going to clean. I'm going to paint. The cooking class. Dawn wanted to take. Boom. She takes it. You know, so best... (laughs) 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 Best case scenario situations, okay? Uh, Number two, remember what you've made it through to get here. 
we've all dealt with situations that were difficult before. So try to think of strategies that you've used in the past that might help you out. It will also remind you of how resilient you are. I always think of this as like thinking back on remembering God's grace in your life to this point. There have been things before, and when something else comes up, remember, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I was faced with this, and I came through it. Or this seemed like a setback, and now I look back and I'm thankful for that. There's, We got this. This is just the latest, and it's just the latest mile marker on the highway of life. Okay. I love that. Five things therapists do when they're stressed out. The third is this. They get moving. Anxiety can be paralyzing. So do something physical to counteract it. It could be just going for a walk, maybe going for a run, even dancing in your living room. Any sort of movement helps because there's something that's biochemical happening in our bodies when we start to move. And there is a release of good endorphins that help to, on a chemical level, counteract the the really tough feelings that we're dealing with. So do some squats tonight, Donna. Okay. Thanks. Or just dance around nude. Dance around naked. We could go <laughs> back to that. In front of the windows. Nude. Huh. Maybe that's what Cuomo was doing. Maybe he was, we caught him mid-dance move. Hmm. Ah, it looked like he was just walking in the garden. But... Yeah, with a cup of coffee in his hand. That yeah. was infuriating. <laughs> uh, make a schedule and stick with it. Donna, you love schedules. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I so, don't like saying I'm going to do something and then not doing it. Okay. I have a big problem with that. Okay, so not knowing what's in store can make you feel even a little bit more out of control than you already are. So sticking to a schedule gives you a routine, gives you a sense of normalcy in the midst of all of the things that you feel like you can't control. Okay. I like that. Yeah. These are all good. And finally, make a list of things that you can control. For instance, like wearing a face mask or donating to charity. Keeping a list like that around is an easy way to help ground yourself when the anxiety starts to creep in. Yes. Okay. Best case scenarios, what can I control? Okay. I find myself to be less spontaneous the older I get. I don't like that about myself. I like to be prepared in advance, and I like to set myself up for success by being on time and... Sometimes I've considered, like, should I wear my clothes that I'm going to wear the next day to bed? I just sleep in them <laughs> so I can be really? so efficient. I mean, I don't do that, but I thought maybe I should. It's a maybe comfy pair of pants, whatever, and then they just <laughs> pop up, brush Do you lay your outfit out the night before? Do you know what you're going to wear the next day the night before? Of course. I know I the bra, the underwear. I know I've, I set my toothbrush out. I do have to say that things do go more smoothly when you know what you're going to wear. Because to me, that's the biggest time, you know, sucker. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's some mental health benefits to that, because in any given day, mentally, you only have a capacity to thoughtfully make a finite amount of decisions. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're standing there and you're starting your morning, turning around, looking at the closet, I could wear that, I could wear that. that, that, that." It's just one more thing. And so if you sort of simplify that and then have it decided, it's one less thing for you to worry about the night before. If you're parents, you can do the same for kids, have their outfits set out the night before, and then the the trickle down. But Dawn, I think, I don't know what that noise was, but I... (laughs) 
You even shower in the morning, don't you? No. Oh, I thought you did. I thought you were one of those people. Sometimes I do if I'm super sleepy. That'll wake me up, but um, right. I, I like There's to. There's just no time. I like to have. It's a game. I like to things that could be yucky for some people. I try to make a game, like going to the grocery store. I time myself, and I have a timer that's going to go off if I, I don't get out do of that there. Too. Yeah, I put my <laughs> headphones in. And I'm like, I have 14 minutes to do this. That is so funny. I will do that sometimes when I have the dog in the car. Yeah. And I'll go, okay, I can't be any longer than this amount of time. Yeah. Because right. then who knows what kind of crazy stuff is he going to get into. And obviously, if it's hot, I'm not going to bring right. him in the car. But it's just a, a mind game. You're just playing. You're tricking yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what they, what they say is um, a, a task will stretch to fit the time allotted. So if you give yourself 15 minutes in the grocery store... You will be done in 15 minutes. But if you give yourself two hours, you right. could be meandering aisle to aisle. It's just like cleaning the house. If you know guests are coming over tonight, you've got eight hours before they get here. But if they're coming over in 30 minutes, guess what's going to be clean in 30 minutes? <laughs> right. Your That's house. True. You're right. A task will stretch to fit the time allotted. Let's put some tighter timelines and bang stuff out. And then guess what? we got free time. And what are we doing then? Smoking cigarillos. <laughs> No, oh, <laughs> so, learning that was bad Italian. Advice. Um, learning Italian. Yeah. How are we doing so on that, Don? Not, not good. Okay. <laughs> Did you download Duolingo yet to learn your Italian? No, Duolingo. That's the app, right? Is it free? Uh, no follow-up questions. Okay. <laughs> Steve, we did get an email regarding your list that from Rose, who says, oh, Rose. man, could my house use that list? Would you mm. be willing to post it as a reference on your page? Pretty please. Oh, uh, it was the tips about uh, how to help with stress. Yes, we got it. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll uh, we'll get it up there today before. I don't know. Let's say before. Before, before sundown. Yeah. Be, no, <laughs> before we'll do sundown. It before, uh, just right after lunch. Okay. Because lunch is very important to this crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what is it. T- it's hot dogs today. Oh, oh okay. All right. Uh, Sorry. Cool. <laughs> hey, you know what? Coming up uh, after the break at 11 o'clock is when the funeral service for George Floyd is going to be happening in Houston. Um, and we believe that we're going to be able to check in on that live. So we'll take you there. Um, might even squeeze in a dirt alert before. Stay with us. It's My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or mac and cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.